Welcome to In The Field Radio, 91.3 FM, WVKR, Poughkeepsie Independent Radio. I'm Erin Boogie here with Miss Lady D. What's going on? How you doing? I'm great. We got our sushi. We're here in person. We got our gear and our We got equipment. the professional setup. We're about to sound really awesome on this episode. You should see us. Eventually, you will see us because we're going to start doing this outside. Right. Harlem's here. So... This week. This was a tough week. We had the wolf moon going on. Mercury's in retrograde now. The energy has just been off. How many times has that happened before we started hearing about it? Um, I don't know. I pay attention to retro- retrograde because, whew. What does it do to you? The energy is just off. This time it threw off the stock market, too. It seems to be that. <laughs> Um, I, I'm not a trader. I don't know everything about it, but you know, I was for the rhetoric where the people that don't normally trade or be in wall street were taking power or making things uncomfortable for people. Yeah. In they, wall they, uh, some of those hedge funds lost a billion dollars. So, and the, the app that people were using was. Robin Hood mm-hmm. for the most part probably other stuff too but they were at the forefront of the whole thing and at first they tweeted let the people trade and then hours later things were getting restricted so I was watching the news today and um, statements had been put out basically why they had to start restricting things so there's this whole organization called the depository trust and clearing corporation and i guess they demand collateral from brokerages including robin hood so with the big jump and everything it just got crazy the thing about it though is that not everyone was restricted so like if you're still on like e-trade there was like a couple other ones that aren't regulated so where you can't purchase the stock on robin hood like you can still go purchase it elsewhere so maybe those other services don't use the intermediary that robin hood uses because that's basically what happened because the squeeze was getting put on them and Mm -hmm. they're being like facilitated by somebody Mm -hmm. so i don't know but and on the news today it was saying that there's like a list of they did it to like 50 companies it's 50 companies where you can only buy like one if you're a beginner and that's what i don't understand why is it only say you just opened an account yesterday you can only get one but somebody who's had the account for three well what's happening is these so the whole thing i don't i'm not well versed in stocks which is why i don't trade stocks so what i could gather from it was that there was a reddit group that was given stock tips and so they drove the price of of uh gamestop AMC and there was another one I think up. There's and more that they're playing. There's like I said, there's fifty, but yeah, there's Bath and Beyond. But those were the three that were like trending. Yeah. So, and that's where you get into trouble is when things start trending, right? Mm-hmm. So it ended up driving the price of these stocks up, you know, several hundred percentages, and so the little people made a ton of money. The actual hedge fund managers lost a lot of money, mm-hmm. and 
that's where the restriction on Robin Hood comes in and is a problem because now you're restricting free trade. Well, I think uh, Wall Street, because they've been doing insider trading, Mm -hmm. like all those people, they talk to each other. Obviously, they discuss conditions and know what to do in advance. Mm -hmm. Right. So I really believe that that whole industry just you got they were really slow in taking to account social media and spreading yeah. information either you guys thought it was too boring for people to care about or be doing like as soon as these apps like robin hood were created they should have been on top of that honestly like you had to know it was gonna happen well i think th- wasn't i had heard and i can't remember now because it's been a couple of days since i was like reading about this whole thing but i think that part of the the Reddit group was people that had previously traded on on Wall Street, so they kind of were coaching people what to do. Yeah. Oh my goodness. And I think, I mean, I'm here for free trade, and if you get it and you understand it, I- I'm totally here for this. But I also feel like, at what point has the little man ever started to take down the establishment and won against the establishment? Yeah, it's really cool. I can't wait to. Uh... Just follow that and learn more about it. I got blasted on the internet. <laughs> what for did putting, you do? Well, I put up a funny post about it, right? Because the thing that irritates me about these trending topics is that, it, you know, it'll be trending for a day or two. And then everyone on the internet becomes an expert in that area. You know, first we had infectious disease doctors. Then we had politicians. Then we had people creating LLCs thinking they were just going to get business credit off rip. And now you have everyone. Everyone is trying to be a day trader. And I just think that following these trending topics, it can be dangerous without the proper education or at least information behind it. So while these are good conversations that people should be having and need to be having, they need to be doing it responsibly. So, you know, you take your friend who and encourage them to take, well, you know, maybe they don't have a large disposable income and put it in the stock market with zero context by just putting up a post on Facebook. And I made $1,000 in a day, so someone only has 500 towards their rent. They feel like they're going to flip the that whole 500. thing yeah. and make their rent, and now they've lost it, and then you tell them, well, there was a risk. That's not You okay. knew the risk. Yeah. Scare money don't make no money is what I keep seeing all across the the interwebs but that's not fair after you told somebody to trust you yeah advice then don't say anything at all i feel like and without putting up any any kind of you know instructions on how to move forward after that so you're telling this person to invest but you're not telling them when to sell what to do next like Mm -hmm. you know what i mean and i just feel like sometimes that that can be kind of dangerous and i got um flack for that somebody said i was uh talking down on people of color and it got like really out of control and I was just like okay like you definitely missed the point right of the post because and I stood firm on 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 that belief I think that you know people float this information out on the internet without any kind of context behind it and that can be really dangerous yeah I mean and there's a couple people that have non-for-profits or businesses even around this area that I feel like don't follow through, they kind of parade around and start an idea or a group or something. And then they, and then it's gone the next year. There's no follow through. Yeah. Just to be like, they did something to warrant grants, warrant 
writing everything off and and all that and it's kind of not cool and i don't know why those people don't get called out they get celebrated we should start awarding them roach of the week i wanted to give that business that ginger had blasted on facebook the cake maker that she she so ginger had hit up a cake maker for a cake for her boyfriend for his birthday put in the order and then the lady blocked her off of instagram yeah and i felt like that's super unprofessional and the thing is the lady off rip when she hit her up and asked her about the cake the lady responds and then doesn't respond for a while and it's like I just worked a 12 hour shift or whatever. Like, okay, you're the one that made the Instagram for people. (laughs) Yes. I wouldn't have said anything. I would have just started answering. But then when she heard the request or what the girl wanted, she's like, not only can I do that, I could do more and offer all these other extra services. Yes. And then blocks her. And I'm thinking, well, maybe she realized that she was friends with somebody that don't like you or something like that. And then, you know, because local drama. And uh, and, but, and at the end of the day, if that is the case, that's super unprofessional. Because why would you let that affect your business? Right. It's not like you got to tell your friend who you make cakes for. Mm-hmm. But at the end, it was somebody that was like a nurse for her mom. Yeah. Roach of the week. Yeah, you, my friend, awful. get roach of the week. Yeah, that's messed up. <laughs> I agree. So just be a good business person, I think, is ultimately what we were saying. Because I, I posted something. And responsible. Something, yeah. Like, be responsible with your, your power on the internet. And uh, and be a good business person. Be it's professional. Like, yeah. That's really it. That's all we want. So. All right. So let's get into some music. And we'll come back. We have the Cultural Reset interview, which I thought was really good. Yes, it was really uh, y'all gonna get the edited version on here. So make sure you definitely check the full version out wherever you stream podcasts. But let's get into some music. We'll get into the cultural reset and then we'll be back. Okay, welcome back to In The Field Radio. I'm Erin Boogie. I'm here with Miss Lady D. Hey, what's going on? And we have creator and editor in chief Nick Lee from The Cultural Reset, along with assistant director Shannon Irvin. Hello. Hello, guys. We I have to before we start, I just have to note that we learned that Shannon is in New Paltz. So she's actually local, guys. (laughs) (laughs) And Nick, where are you based out of? So I'm actually based out of Michigan right now. Oh, okay. Uh, The Detroit area mostly. Okay, so you're far. Yeah. (laughs) Very far. Whoa. Wait, how did y'all meet each other? So actually so actually we live near each other this is not how we met but like we actually live like in the same area of like the detroit metro area i'm from i'm from michigan yeah i'm but i'm currently living in new paltz right and um we actually met through the founder and the the co-founders of the color of music collective who's our parent organization we just like like i was doing the culture reset i was like looking for somebody to come and help out with it and then Shay was referred to the Culture Reset by, I think, Carla, who's mm-hmm. the co-founder of uh, Color of Music Collective. And um, we met, and it just kicked off from there. That's awesome. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself separately, and then we'll discuss um, the Cultural Reset. Okay. Um, so 
Hi, my name is Nick Lee, um, creator and editor-in-chief TCR. Um, and I basically kind of incepted TCR because, you know, I think everybody's really familiar with like the socio-political climate of last year and how sort of this bubble kind of burst um, and everybody was kind of open to, you know, being more aware of the racial inequities and just the general inequities that exist um, in all industries, like just in the globe, around the globe in general. And um, I kind of incepted TCR as a way to, you know, help bridge the gap between marginalized people and, and, and music, like specifically in the music industry. Because like, you know, in general, we talk about inclusion, we talk about diversity in a variety of industries, but one place where that really isn't really talked about is the music industry. You know, TV and film has already had its kind of time and, you know, it's kind of had its time where like, you know, things are like way more inclusive now, but um, the music industry still hasn't really had its era where like people are completely accepting of people who have different sounds and different looks and people um, who, you know, deserve to as, just as much attention as like the mainstream cookie cutter artists that are usually given all the attention. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, yeah, that's, that's why I kind of, you know, incepted TCR. And um, Besides that, like me as a person, like most of my professional experience kind of lies in TV and film. So I was an intern for The Daily Show. I was a... Um, oh, I man, that must have been fun. That was a lot of fun, honestly. Yeah. Shout out. I know it's like the New York area, so like shout out if you're listening. Daily Show, folks. I love you guys so much. Um, but yeah, I interned at The Daily Show. I um, uh, worked at The Tamron Hall Show on ABC. Um, I worked at CBS News as an intern. Um, I've done uh, just a lot of stuff like that, broadcast news and stuff like that, but everything that I did kind of was kind of centered around telling stories. So that's kind of how I you know, got to this and it just kind of felt like a natural transition. Um, so yeah, and I also sing and I also songwrite as well. So that's something that kind of, that's like my kind of creative connection to the music industry of sorts, you know, and I've gotten the chance to see what this bias kind of looks like firsthand. So like when it comes to, you know, venues and stuff like that. So um, I know that it's there. I know that it's present. And I know that I just wanted to do something about it. So there's that. That's what I decided to do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And then Shay. Oh. Hi. Yeah. Shannon or Shay. Uh, I go either way. <laughs> um, I actually, my background. Is, He's laughing. Was that a double entendre? What was it, going it, on? It was. It yeah. Was. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. But um, yeah, so my background is actually in environmentalism. I'm an environmentalist. I studied freshwater science and sustainability. Um, that's one of my, that's, that's honestly where I've worked the most is with water and the environment and planting trees. I've worked at uh, state parks, I've volunteered at national parks, I've worked at county parks, I worked for the Department of Environmental Conservation in New York, um, and all throughout this time I get a lot of experience working with volunteers and motivating volunteers to do something for a greater purpose, even if it's really difficult to see a direct impact, um, you have to motivate people. But um, my experience in the music industry has been mostly at music festivals. So I actually worked um, for the sustainability portion of Electric Forest Music Festival, which motivating volunteers, like we trained uh, three teams of about 30 to 50 volunteers three times a day 
for the 10 day period of the festival, my, every time I, I work there, I lose my voice completely because I'm talking to these volunteers, I'm hyping them up, I'm getting them hyped to go pick up garbage. It's not glorious at all, but people are so excited to go and make a difference and realize that they are valued. And, um, you know, being able to do it at a music festival is the best place because that's where people truly appreciate the connection to other people and to their surroundings and the environment. Um, so my, that's really where my interest in the music industry sparked. But after this past summer, I was kind of, you know, facing this decision that a lot of us had to face, which is like going out to protests during a pandemic to protest something that was like very, very important, very relevant and very much needed. Going to protest and showing up in numbers is hugely impactful and I still show up when I can, but during a pandemic, it was like a difficult decision to make. So I found that working with this website was another place where I could have a lasting impact on combating systemic racism um, and you know also equality for LGBTQ plus people and the art of it that I think that this is one place where Nick and I can truly have a lasting impact. I completely agree with that. And I also wanted to say too, just a little bit of a shout out, me and Shay manage the volunteers together, but Shay has this kind of unique talent of bringing out the best in each volunteer, the best in what they do. Um, she's, I mean, for me, just watching her kind of manage volunteers, like what we do together, like there's, there's this special thing that she just knows how to do when it comes to like incentivizing people and getting them to feel really passionate about this mission. You know, I feel like a lot of people involved in this are really passionate about it. I think all of our volunteers are. There's like this phrase, I know everybody knows it, like you have as many hours in the day as Beyonce, Giselle, knows Carter. It's the truth. Okay, and I've been like, you know, I've been trying to live like that. I'm just, you know, that's really encouraging. So like, let me try to do that. I try to implement that in my life. And I don't sleep much, but like I get stuff done. <laughs> that is, that's a cool sleep thing, is overrated so. anyway. Yeah. Okay, Nick Leonce. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, yes. no. oh my God, I love that. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. Oh, what have I started? <laughs> I feel like that's gonna stick. Please don't. <laughs> it's in. It's in my brain now. <laughs> you can't unhear it. You can't. Okay. Oh my god. All right. So tell us about the cultural reset. Yeah. So the cultural reset is kind of you know it's essentially like this platform that we created that um, seeks to uplift the voices of POC and LGBTQ artists that are out there trying to like make their way in the music industry. Um, we do that through um, artist interviews. We do that through album reviews. We do that through um, curating playlists. And the entire goal is to use these sort of things to uplift these, these marginalized groups in music. So like, for example, with our album reviews, me and Shay manage a team of writers. And they all kind of you know, find a, an album. And they, they write about the album. The album has to be by a POC or LGBTQ plus artist. They write about it. We post it to the website. With the artist interviews, me and Shay, we interview artists directly. and. We try to find artists that don't fit, fit into that, like I said, cookie cutter mold of what is marketable in the music industry. So we try to find artists that are, you know, outside of the norm. And we just sit down, we have discussions with them. We make sure that they're extremely intimate. So they kind of, you know, tell us everything about their experience in the industry, what it's been like, like the nitty gritty of the stuff that they've been through um, while they were on their rise. Um, so that's one way to kind of give them back their power by like allowing their voices to be heard. 
Um, and then with the playlist that we do, um, and Shay really makes the majority of the playlist, um, like a lot of it just focuses on like, you know, posting like songs by these artists so people can actually come to the site and actually stream the songs. So money gets back in the pocket of these, these artists as well. So the whole thing, it's just a construction to find a way to, like I said, bridge this gap between marginalized people in the music industry and the music business as a whole. So like the music business can recognize the fact that POC and LGBTQ plus people who don't fit into these like standards that you would expect them to fit into, they're marketable. Like they're worthy of being um, represented. They're worthy of being represented well, specifically. So um, that's kind of what we seek to do. Like our whole goal is to kind of shift the way that, you know, music business professionals conduct their business. We hope that they come on their, our site and they see what we do and they say, how, wow, how can I kind of change what I do in my business? How can I be a better agent? How can I be a better PR person? How can I be a better manager to these artists? And, you know, and we also kind of seek to inspire young creatives and um, other people who are just looking for different types of music from different types of artists and just people who feel, you know, discouraged if they want to get into the industry, if they're like POC or LGBTQ+, like they can come to our platform and they can see that it's possible and that it is, it's something that they really should do because we need to make a space for them in the industry. We are a platform where people can tell their stories but also we encourage conversation. We are here to inspire and to motivate and to uplift POC and LGBTQ plus people, but we're also here to change the minds of those butting head, like head perspectives. I guess that's a nice way to say it. Mm -hmm. um, but we really do try to give as many different perspectives of as many different people from around the world, uh, you know, playing different types of music and having different types of struggles in the music industry. Um, and we also, we have a Reddit page where we are cultivating these conversations. We, we want to break the barriers, but also kind of get rid of this mindset. The music belongs in genres and boxes, and we set certain genres up against each other. You know, it's, it's very competitive. You want to be on the top. And we have a very non-competitive platform because music is art and art isn't really competitive it's it's something that is unique to the creator well i like how some of the playlists like there's a separate section for genre based playlists and then there's a bunch of them that's like okay if you feel like this play this mm -hmm. you know yeah. oh, and those, ones, those ones are mostly based on you know just the vibe of the song and and, and how the vibe can carry you through different genres and uh different styles of music so i'm just i'm honestly really curious because it's crazy because if anybody in marketing or at these labels paid any attention to social media who makes the world go round? like who is all the barbs who is all the beehive who is all, like those people make things trend they make they cancel stuff they allow things or what have you so make records go number one mm -hmm. right they move so, the needle. I mean, it would be obvious to me not to be, you know, not inclusive of LGBT plus people or people of color. So what what just a couple of examples of maybe some things that have come up. So like things where like you have like music business professionals not wanting to represent or really give attention to those artists. I will say we've had artists in our discussions talk to us about how 
they get a, attention from a producer or a label because of the music that they have. But before they can sign any type of contract, they're asked to change. Mm-hmm. They're asked to change their style, the way they dress, the way they make their music, the genre that they're in. They are not told that the music that they already have is good enough, you know? And then once you, once you kind of get going, once you have a label behind you and they want to make a certain amount of money, they will start to add to your production value, which is great. But then they'll push a little bit further and a little bit further and they'll add more and they'll add more. And it's like putting toppings on a salad. It's like, how much is too much? You know, how much, how much bling is too much? It, it kind mm-hmm. of takes away from the art of it and makes it more of uh, just something for show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I also like want to say that like, even where you do see inclusivity in the music industry, like you see like artists being signed that are POC and LGBTQ plus that are marketed to a box, like a very limited market, you know, they are like the only ones that are picked up are picked up because they kind of fit into the mold that we would expect people that look and act like them to like fit, like fit into. So like they're, while you may get somebody who's picked up um, by a label who like maybe a black woman who happens to like, you know, perform in like, you know, like a bikini or something, whatever. And like, maybe that's okay, that's cool. Like a label will pick that up, but they won't pick up a black woman who's also like an indie folk artist. You know, they won't pick up somebody who's Latina, but also is more interested in like alternative pop. You know what I mean? It's like you have these, these creative people of color, these creative LGBTQ plus people that are out here who are kind of creating in this space that aren't that people don't traditionally see them in and people don't believe in them because they don't fit into that box. So I think that's like the biggest way that like the music industry kind of like kind of screws itself, honestly, um, because they don't pay attention to those artists. It's more than that. It's even venues, you know, certain venues want certain artists because it'll bring in certain crews of people. Yeah, I feel like they are accepted. I just feel like there's an extremely limited amount of spaces. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can have a million people who are like city girls or Nicki Minaj or something like that, whoever. And you can have a Corinne Bailey Ray, but you can't have five of them. You know what I mean? Like they won't have that many. And they tell you that you are replaceable, which is why you cannot push back or you cannot say no this is wrong or no I won't do this because in the music industry it is a corporate business basically you know it it is for the money everyone there is there to get paid because they want to put food on their plate and so they will make sure that whoever they have whoever they're putting out will bring them profit okay I was gonna say the culture though is kind of shifting a little bit more away from the record label dynamic and more into that indie space, which makes platforms like the Cultural Reset even more important because you guys are highlighting those artists that maybe not, um, won't, that maybe um, won't get picked up by other outlets at first, but when the Cultural Reset comes along, when In The Field Radio comes along and they start giving those artists that kind of attention, then the, the bigger platforms will then pick it up. Yeah, they don't even really need it at this point. Are you kidding? me with the technology we have on our laptops alone there's so many artists that are able to make high quality music mixing in on their laptop 
-hmm. it's a new yeah. it's a new world it really is but people like poc people in the music industry have been pushing and pushing for equality in the music industry forever 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 so what we're doing here is not really anything new it's just we're putting it into a space we're making an assign not an assigned space but we're opening spaces for it and we are acknowledging that there are barriers and there are differences and there are more struggles and some people have to work harder to be not exactly what they're expected to be breaking down those norms yeah well said it really is upsetting too i'm happy that you brought up the fact that like black artists specifically have been like you know pushing for equality in the music industry in particular for decades upon decades upon decades and i think that like it's just interesting how you see like this entire industry that's constructed that literally abuses like black artists even but also like profits completely from their culture mm -hmm. our culture like well, black artists I, have shaped the music industry black artists have shaped the world okay <laughs> you don't want to talk about pop culture <laughs> who drives pop culture black people us so, like just saying so like so like what really really got me um and it's like you know one of the reasons why i started it too is just like the fact that you have this industry that just like like doesn't care like they just act it's structurally designed to hurt these marginalized artists specifically black artists and that's something that really really hurts me or steal from you or know steal. because the talent really does come from. from there are so many talented black artists that have had their exact ideas or songs just bought for so cheap and then reproduced and sold for so much more and then TikTok is a great example of this happening just with black creativity as a whole. Like, remember, like you had the renegade dance that was created by mm -hmm. that young black girl, but then got picked up by this one white girl who didn't even do it correctly. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she blew up and this girl was just left on the sidelines and people, you know, started to recognize her and say her name, but she's still left on the sidelines while this other girl is like a millionaire now, you know? So that happens so often and it happens so often in music. And like you have these, you just have people just screwing people, screwing POC artists actually in general, just out of songs, out of rights, out of all this stuff. And it's just, we wanna be that space that says, let's put the attention back on the artists, right? Let's put the attention back on the people who actually make this industry what it is, who actually give it value. I also wanna say that PO, or LGBTQ plus artists have struggled in the music industry but I want to say that they have struggled almost differently just because a lot of people, when, when uh, um, queer sensuality is put in front of you, it makes some people uncomfortable, even when it's art. And so, or even, you know, when queer, queer people come forward with an art, it's seen as sexual just because of their sexual identity, you know? A lot of, uh, you know, I, let's see, like hetero, there's a heteronormative expectation of artists to come forward and present themselves as they, you know, as their, their cis identity and be able to sell that sexuality, you know, sex sells, but what happens when it's queer sex, you know, when you put that on a radio, on the radio, how many people, you know, um, can, no, 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 I don't want to. How many people are going to hear that and be like, oh, I don't want my children hearing this. You know, I don't, I don't want somebody, you know, putting this in the minds of, of the youth. It's, 
that's what I don't understand. I'm like, okay, so now you're worried about your kid, you know, being sexualized or something? Like, yeah, not you even haven't like been? I don't know. <laughs> not even like they're pushing their sexuality onto someone. It's just them being loving themselves, you know, being sensual with themselves in their own identity. But that makes people uncomfortable. Now, do you feel like, like no one looks at a heterosexual artist and is like, oh my God, they're heterosexual. Are they heterosexual? Like, you know, who are they? Singing? Like it's a who whole thing. Hate? I mean, they do kind of wonder, but it's just not the same because I remember like Lil Nas X and he did something and it's like is he gay oh my god we need to know like you need to tell us right now and i'm like why is it that like why and a lot of artists won't even say you know their sexual identity or haven't put it out there if they're anything but hetero you know it's not like you can go online and google uh is this artist gay a lot of the times you won't even you won't even get results because i mean when I make the playlist, you know, we have POC and LGBTQ plus artists. Well, when I'm looking to see if it's an LGBTQ plus artist, it's not like somebody, a lot of people are not willing to just like put that identity out there because they don't, they don't need to, they don't owe it to anybody, but it's, it's difficult to be able to fully be yourself and be your non heteronormative self well, other people are just assuming that of you, you know, it's just like if, if someone were to meet me off the street, they would just, I mean, I don't know what they would think of me, first of all, but, um, but you know, there, there is like, first of all, first what goes their head, I mean, not first, but if they do think about it, they're just like, okay, well, you know, who are you dating? What boys are, do you like right now? Do you have a boyfriend? And it's like, you need to ask more questions. Do I have a girlfriend? You know, who am I seeing? What is my sexual identity? But it's not like I'm going to just bring that up casually in conversation and it's not like they're going to ask me directly. That's why I, I actually want to ask you, how do you guys approach um, that with artists when you're discussing it in their interviews? Is it something that they've already brought to you or is it something that you bring out of them? You know, it's something that it's, it's, it's really up to the artist, you know, like we don't want to out anybody because it's not our right. Like, just like Shay was saying, it is, nobody is obligated to, to out themselves. Like they don't, you don't have to tell me that, you know, you're part of the LGBTQ plus community. That's not, it's not, I don't have, I'm not entitled to know that, you know what I'm saying? So we really let the interviews kind of flow naturally. And sometimes beforehand we'll, you know, have a chat with the PR person, the PR rep for the artist, and they'll, you know, let us know that, you know, this person is part of the LGBTQ plus community. That's why we're pitching them. Um, but if it doesn't come up in the interview, it doesn't come up. You know, we don't, we don't want to force that at all. So, yeah. A lot of times, you know, we, we start out asking people's pronouns um, because that should also be normalized is asking right. people's pronouns. We shouldn't just assume pronouns. Um, and that's one thing that I think people should learn is if you don't know somebody's pronouns at first, start off by saying they, them. And then if they, uh, if you ask, you know, what are your pronouns, then you know, and then you can remember their forward. But um, yeah, it's, it is a difficult line. You don't want to cross the line because we want everyone to feel comfortable on our site. You know, we don't want to push too far. We want to give people the opportunity 
to say whatever they want, to open up as much as they want. You know, they can tell us everything. We have some very deep and intimate conversations. But if they say, no, I don't feel comfortable, I'm not going to keep pushing them. You know, I'm not going to be like, oh, we really need to know. Like, for the site, tell us, tell us, tell us. <laughs> no. It's, no, absolutely. That's, that's a little bit, you know, harassment. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to, pressure anyone to tell me their sexual identity but i do think that people should be comfortable being able to to identify with their sexuality publicly at least they know they have a safe space with you guys too yeah that's what we want more than anything just for people to feel comfortable just talking with us like talking with the people that are reading our content how do you guys find artists that you feature so there's like a variety of ways that we do it. So we have some PR people who pitch their artists to us and they, you know, send us their music and their social tags and everything like that. And we kind of, we kind of check them out, make sure that they, you know, don't use any derogatory language against any marginalized groups. That's like a huge requirement that we have as a platform. We don't push or promote or even talk to anybody who uses derogatory language towards women, any marginalized groups, um, towards the LGBTQ plus community. It, we, we can't promote you. If and someone is using it for empowerment, if someone is saying like, I'm, oh, I guess I don't want to yeah. swear, but if I'm the, if I'm the blank, like, you know, it's, it's for self-empowerment and they're using right. their own terms for themselves. That's cool. That, that's fine. That's but good. if they're using it to degrade others, like that, that goes against our, our mission. So we, yeah. don't, we don't want them there. That's, this is not the space for you. Um, but like, but yeah, like, so we, we definitely investigate artists based on that. Um, we also get artists coming to us and just saying, you know, like, this is who I am, my name is such and such, and this is my music, would you feel comfortable with promoting me? And we'll just go through the usual process and we'll decide, you know, um, whether this person is somebody we should feature on the playlist or whether this is somebody we should, you know, interview in the artist interview series, um, or if they have a project, should we, you know, incorporate into the album reviews? Um, and we have a research team too, a really dedicated research team um, of I think four volunteers and they go out and they research albums and they research artists and they reach out to them as well to see if they're interested in coming on our platform. And we've gotten some artists on our platform from, from that as well. So we, we try to like, we try to use different methods when it comes to getting artists for sure because there's just so many different types of artists out there. So we got to try different ways to do it, you know? Let our listeners know where they can find you guys. Yeah, so you can find us at www.cultural-reset.com. Our Instagram is at tcreset, um, if you want to go follow that. And that's, that's kind of where we're at right now. We're eventually going to branch into a Facebook, eventually going to branch into a YouTube channel and everything like that. But we're, We are on Reddit, and that right. is one of our main places where we have conversation starters, and we actually open it up for a lot of conversation. Um, it's the cultural reset. That's our community. Mm -hmm. find it. It's our logo. It's pretty cute. Do you guys want to shout out your personal socials and such too, or just drive everyone to cultural reset? Okay. So my personal Instagram, <laughs> I need to change the name. I haven't, I've had it set since high school. It is rustic sarcasm three, but I'm going to change that soon to something along the lines of shade tea or something like that. But for now, rustic sarcasm three. I want to say that rustic sarcasm is very fitting. I think <laughs> um, my social handles are, it's at Nick Lee Mick. So that's like N-I-C-K-L-E-E-M-C-C. -C. 
It's my first middle last name. Kind of boring, but <laughs> that's my <laughs> handle. It's more professional than mine. I know. I just my default is just professional. I need to quit. But um, I'm the same way, Nick. And, yeah, <laughs> it's just ingrained in who I am as a person. I'm a creative at heart. I can't be going like, "Hello, um, attached, please find yada yada yada." And like, email. <laughs> um, but uh, my Facebook is Nick McCauley, M C C A U L E Y. So, is there I'm Shannon else? Irvin, but I only post like <laughs> professional, you know, like job stuff on there. So you won't find too much on me there. <laughs> is there anything else you guys want our listeners to know? Yeah, if you are a young artist, if you're in the music industry, if you have questions, if you have recommendations, um, if you have comments about our page, definitely, you know, there is a, a way to connect with us on our website. So let us know. We're very, very open to new creative ideas. One of my favorite times in our meetings are our brainstorming sessions. I love the crazy and out there ideas because you know what? Some of them will stick. So, nope. and if anyone feels inspired about a certain part of our website, let us know that too. And maybe we can do more of it. Yeah. And if you want to um, join us, like if you want to join the team, like you can go to the website and go to the meet the team page. If you scroll down, you'll see a place you can kind of submit an application. Um, like we're open to joining, to people joining us just because, you know, it's time to reset the industry. That's the only reason we're here. And I think that we, the more people we have on board with doing that, the better off we'll be and the more effective we'll be. So. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for meeting with us. Thank you. It was great Thank meeting you guys. Welcome back to In The Field Radio. I'm Erin Boogie here with Miss Lady D. Hey, what's going on? And I just want to say thank you to Shannon and Nick from The Cultural Reset for taking the time out to sit with us. Nick Leonce. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be so mad when he hear that. No, he loves it. <laughs> yeah, so last week, Thursday, man, rest in peace, um, Cicely Tyson. Yeah, rest in peace to her. She was 96. Legend. And it's crazy because right before that, she does this interview, what was it, like two, three days prior? Mm-hmm. She did an interview with Gail King. Mm-hmm. So... In the interview, Cicely Tyson says something just amazing that I really feel like, you know, some people should remember and internalize because African-American people back then, okay, 60s, 70s, 50s, when they stood up for what they believed in, it was at far greater risk than the risk you take today, okay? And Cicely Tyson said during the interview that she did not have the luxury of just being an actress. She had to use her status as her platform to fight for rights. And she would refuse roles where African-American people were like demeaned and degraded and things like that. Refused that, would not sell her soul. And that's something that I've held people like Jamie Foxx accountable for. Things like that upsets me. Like, romanticizing slavery, like, that's cute. It's upsetting to me. Um, But that's also a Hollywood issue. Yeah. Because there's always got to be the white savior aspect Mm -hmm. to the film. So, things like that. That was really, 
great to hear her say. So to transition a little bit after she said that, there's this uh, whole side to Billie Holiday and her story that is similar. So I'm watching the news some more. And I found out that Lee Daniels has directed a film about the life of Billie Holiday. And uh, it's starring uh, Andra Day. She sang, and uh, I rise up. Yeah, her. Mm-hmm. So it essentially tells a story about how Billie Holiday was persecuted and pressured by the feds things planted on her like sought after all because of this song strange fruit they didn't like it people did not like it they planted drugs on her her significant other on managers on people that work with her you know they would tell her she couldn't perform a song and everything they just tried to take her down and she risked her career and life pretty much she went to jail we just pulled up the lyrics and the first four bars are southern trees bear strange fruit blood on the leaves and blood at the root black bodies swinging in the southern breeze strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees yeah and basically what they were saying was that it was talking about you know black people are still dying yeah still being killed things yeah. are still happening to us and they did not want that performed so it really i mean it doesn't pull any punches when it it discusses her addiction and everything but it also shows that you know things was happening to propel that for sure and she even going through all of that was still a a figure honestly in the civil rights movement as well and that's not a name you would typically think of so that's coming out next month on hulu so i'm excited for that i'm glad it's on hulu so that i can actually watch it too it sounds really interesting yeah because some of these movies come out and then it's like you know like because the whole cable situation now everything is a different streaming platform right so sometimes you want to see these movies and you you can't yeah like i'm not gonna have three different services so unless people want to swing three different passwords this way right that's what we all need to do get together (laughs) make an app where everybody just exchange passwords yeah start a sharing group yeah cute like yo i got netflix i'll trade you for hbo max so and it's it's crazy how things come full circle because lee daniels actually said that when he watched the original you know billy holiday story movie mm-hmm. with diana ross um lady sings the blues that actually made him want to be a film director wow so so it all happens. came back around yeah so i'm i'm really excited for that people yeah. should watch that and uh that's all i got yeah that's all that's all i got all right so tune in next week we got wavy wild boy we're about to sit down with him this week and get that done okay (laughs) and then make sure you check us out everywhere you stream podcast check us out at inthefieldradio.com and check us out at in the field radio for all social medias especially our youtube yeah i mean we gotta get some different content on there because everybody doesn't like interviews well, but we some kinda, people do like interviews a lot. We were kind of waiting to like for the COVID thing to lighten up. So that way when we start recording like this, in, when we're recording in person, mm-hmm. we can have like a nice little setup and have the camera on us and stuff. So, you know, 
COVID, it yeah. was like it helped and it hurt. So, you know, it helped us propel the website, but it hurt us when it came to in-person content. So I think hopefully we'll be able to start moving back towards that sometime this year. For sure. And then we can start getting different things up and it'll help when we can do interviews on the spot and cover events and do things like that, too. We love that. We love being in the field. Yes. And we miss it. But I also want to start featuring other people in the field. So if you yeah. had your wheels turning, ideas, ideas and things. And we're always looking for bloggers and contributors, too. Yeah. So please hit us up. Info at inthefieldradio.com. And you don't have to do it all the time. Mm-mm. If you write about something, put effort into it and want to write about it and share it. Please, we will we will feature you, child. Yes, please. Yeah, get you some writing samples. Let's let's do this. Two thousand twenty one collaboration over competition. Okay. Thank you for spending your Monday evening with us. It's been real, and we'll catch you all next week. In the field, radio ninety one point three FM WVKR Poughkeepsie. Thanks for hanging with those chicks on Monday. Ew.